Cheerful Ghost Radio, they told me. Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. The 2018 Holiday Special? Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Game news and our favorite holiday games? Pa-rum-pum-pum-pum. Cheerful Ghost Radio. Cheerful Ghost Radio is a podcast from the Cheerful Ghost community about interesting stuff in gaming and other various bits of nerdery. Hi everybody and welcome to Cheerful Ghost Radio. My name is Tim and I'm a former elf cosplaying as a dentist. For this episode, I'm joined by... Travis the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And Jaunta Claus with an E. And welcome to the Cheerful Ghost Holiday Special. We figure you're all busy during the holidays and want this episode to fit right into your life day festivities. But first, let's start things up with what we've been playing and what we've been watching. John, kick it out for us. Yeah, so what I've been playing is Heroes of the Storm. Uh, it's been playing that a lot. It's really fun. Uh, I've been Play it while you the- can. <laughs> we'll talk more about that later in the episode. I've been playing as DVA, uh, Diva. She's so much fun. She's basically a hero where, just like an Overwatch, um, she's in a mech suit. And you kind of like balance between getting in your mech suit and then jumping on the mech suit and having it explode and then getting back in your mech suit. And it's so cool. I love it. I love it. She's pretty slow, but then you can like zoom around. Very, very fun. Also, uh, the Super Nintendo Classic. Because my son likes playing Mario games, as he calls them. So we've been playing Super Mario World and I'll just kind of um, play a little bit of that at a time, beat a few worlds, then save it and that sort of thing. He really enjoys watching me play. He doesn't really like playing it himself, although he he can sort of jump a little bit and that kind of thing. So he really he really enjoys watching that. Um, Continuing on with Zelda on the NES Classic as well. I love that game. I kind of come back to it every few years. That's been really fun. So I think I'm at World 6 right now, and I just got the Master Sword, so or Dungeon 6, rather. I've been playing a little bit of Mario Kart Wii with my wife. That's a game she actually really enjoys playing. And I believe someone else played with us the other day, too. I can't remember. It was a friend, but it was really fun. We had a great time. Um, so as I wrote about on Cheerful Ghost, I believe I wrote about this on Cheerful Ghost. Counter, oh, no, I did, right? Counter-Strike Global Offensive recently became free-to-play um, with their um, Fortnite slash PUBG slash um, Battle Royale mode called Danger Zone. So um, for all you fans of Kenny Loggins, that's his, uh, it's a really great uh, named <laughs> expansion for you. Danger so, Zone. Kenny Loggins, but all I think of is Archer. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Funny. Danger Zone! <laughs> Funny. So, uh, never, never seen the show, so I just imagine it's a funny reference. But um, it's really cool. So it's just like Counter-Strike that you've grown to love. Counter-Strike Global Offensive adds um, skins and things to it. So, for instance, you can get really cool uh guns that look really fun and you can get skins for your character as well i believe like knife skins gun skins etc so counter-strike global offensive has always had this i felt like free-to-play ready component to it with loot boxes and then you'd get a key and then you get a gun skin and then you could sell those skins on steam and then you know counter-strike had the whole you know gambling thing that was you know where people would go to a site and do skins gambling or something like that. And that kind of thing that wasn't like steam enabling that, but other sites that did and steam sort of cracked down on that anyway. So counter-strike's really had this kind of free to play guys been going for it. And now with the sort of opening of the battle royale mode, it's full free to play. Um, the battle royale mode is fine. I don't, I think it's fun enough. You know, it's another, uh, counter-strike mode. So if you love that, I'm sure you'll like it. Um, one of the coolest things about this though, is that it opens up counter-strike free to anyone to play. So all my friends, like, I think that's really cool. Like having a shooter now that we can all play together is really fun. And counter-strike is a classic game and I'm really happy that it's, uh, finally free to play. If you haven't played it, you should, if you played the old version of counter-strike, you should try this one. There's really no buried entry 
uh, anymore. I'm kind of bummed that I bought this a couple of years ago for like 20 bucks because I would have just waited if I knew that they're going to release it free to play a couple of years later because there's really not a huge difference between the free to play version and the paid one. Yeah, I think I got it as part of like the Valve complete pack on one sale where, you know, I had most basically half of it, but I could pay 10 bucks more and get everything else. So like, yeah, sure. Fine. I'll get it. I've never opened it though at all. I need to check it out now that they've made so many changes. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. So um, I was recently at my friend's house and he has uh, got PlayStation VR for the holidays or sorry, Black Friday. That was a really incredible sale. So I, you know, I've only I've had a handful of experiences with VR. I've really enjoyed what I played. I played super hot. Holy crap. Was that amazing? So I just it's just the PSVR. It's not perfect. You can kind of see the the pixels and things, but it's so good. It's so good for how much it is. And I um, loved Super Hot. So Super Hot, I, I think we all kind of have an understanding of what this game is. But I'll explain it if you don't. So Super Hot's a game where you can like you can sort of slow down, and it's kind of like a puzzle game for how to shoot people. So you go through this level, and you sort of like shoot this person and pick up this gun and that kind of thing. So in in VR, it basically means I have to pick up a gun, I aim it at a person, I shoot, and every time I move, it goes faster, and if I stop, it'll actually pause and I can think about it. To the point of, I can actually take a gun and deflect bullets, or if I'm moving my head too fast, and I can duck and that kind of thing in VR. It's really, really neat. So my favorite things were shooting people in the dick, Stealing their guns out of their hands. Um, so this would be really fun. A guy's running at me. I slow down. I steal the gun out of his hands. I shoot him in the dick. And then other people shoot at me. And then I duck down. And then I shoot them in the fucking face. And I drop my guns, John Woo style. And I end the level. It's so much fun. I got shot in the face a lot. I don't like dodging, although that's a really good strategy. Um, and since it was VR, I just had fun hanging out in the game. Mm-hmm. Just like getting shot. I don't even care that I'm dying. I don't care about any of that stuff. It was just fun to exist in a game. I haven't had that much just pure joy of just being in a game in a long time. That was so much fun. I don't have a PS4, but if I was ever going to get one, I would get my hands on the VR and I would get super hot and other VR games because it reminds me of those feelings that you have when you played video games for the first time. And it's just kind of magical. It's just kind of magical. I don't know. Have you guys played any of this stuff that I'm talking about? I haven't played super hot, although I have messed around with the uh, PlayStation VR. Uh, a friend of mine picked it up not too long ago. And yeah, it's it's probably the easy or, the, you know, the lowest barrier to entry f- to get into VR because it's a lot easier to get a PlayStation 4 uh, than it is to get a PC that's, you know, beefy enough to handle handle it. Mm hmm. And uh, I only tried like a couple demos, but they were they were all like really cool. Uh, I would say the games I had the most fun were the kind that didn't require you to, you know, it it, it sort of explained or or gave you a reason for why you're you're essentially sitting down while everything else is moving around you. (laughs) Like, you know, games that put you in a vehicle or, you know, something like that at I would be interested to try something like a Skyrim or a, a Super Hot, but uh, I haven't really tried any of those yet. Yeah, did your friend get the um, the Creed bundle? Uh, the, they had a bundle that came with Creed and Super Hot. This is the one I got. I don't know, but he had Super Hot and then some Asteroid Rescue something or other, which mm-hmm. we didn't play, but his kids loved playing. He wanted me to play a bunch more games, and I just was enamored with Super Hot and kind of just... <laughs> played a couple other games after that but oh, it was so fun yeah so I, fun. I picked up uh that bundle on black friday and super hot is a lot of fun you're right it's it's I, I really like it on pc just playing it like i normally play a first person shooter but in vr it just adds such a a new well kind of corny to say this but it adds a new dimension to the gameplay um yeah it does it, it very much feels so different and then the creed uh the creed game is also really fun um, you really feel like you're punching a dude and it's kind of cool. Uh, but I, but aside from those, I just played a bunch of demos. I haven't really gotten back to it yet, but yeah, I'm, I was amazed that, you know, 250 bucks get you a couple games, the VR headset, the 
little move controllers and a camera like that's super cheap for all that crazy cheap yeah, yeah very much so um finally the uh, the other game i played was smash brothers ultimate again it wasn't my friend's house he just got it i still suck at smash like i just don't play it so of course if you don't play smash you're terrible right because this game like if just anyone has played smash just longer than nothing uh they're way better than you so um but i see why people like the game so much so that i might actually get it on the switch when i get one so it was it, it was fun um but yeah i can see why this is uh the next really big thing for nintendo apparently um smash brothers ultimate was the biggest um nintendo pre-order ever and it sold more units than anything on the switch so far so uh, i can see why it's really popular and fans love it so um that's uh, another game i played so in terms of what I've been watching, uh, after we saw Jeremy Saulnier's uh, Hold the Dark and then I saw Murder Party by him, I really wanted to come back and rewatch Green Room. It looks like Netflix has secured uh, all Saulnier's films uh, on Netflix. So they just added Green Room, which, again, it's the it's the movie starring Patrick Stewart and um, Chekhov from the new Star Trek. What's his name? Oh, man, I'm. Uh, Anton, Anton Yelchin. Right, exactly. And it's so good. It's so good. Um, I, t- I totally recommend it. I think it's Saulnier's most successful movie. It's my favorite one he's done. Just such a great movie to watch. Um, so I finally, Travis is going to be happy to hear this. I finished up, <laughs> finally finished the solo A Star Wars Story deleted scenes. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Listen, you got to save some, got to save some Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, they were fun, but you know, ultimately I'm glad they, <laughs> they took them out. There wasn't yeah. really anything there that, that I thought needed to be there. Um, Ron Howard really, um, took out the right stuff. So, um, let's get into some Netflix, uh, some Netflix movies. So Netflix is getting into, uh, not getting into, they're solidly into really cool movies. So, uh, if you're looking for a fun holiday movie starring Kurt Russell, uh, Christmas Chronicles is on Netflix and it's a lot of fun. It's kind of a fun family movie. It's not perfect. It's not a great, great movie, but it's good. And it's a solid Christmas movie and had a lot of fun. And Kurt Russell's incredible. Um, and there's kind of a fun little thing at the end. And I don't want to say too much about it, but I thought it was very fun. And it's just kind of a little bit of a tea. It's just a little bit of fun at the end that I thought was really great. So um, getting into other Netflix movie. Um, uh, so there's a movie that I've been hearing a little bit of buzz about called Dumplin'. And it's uh, Jennifer Aniston sort of produced this movie and she's actually starring in it. It's a movie about Jennifer Aniston, who's a former beauty queen and her daughter doesn't really look like her very much. She's a little bit different. She's uh, sort of a different body shape. And she's sort of not a real like a beauty queen type. And but she um, kind of wants to get back at her mom a little bit and sort of rebel. And so she joins her mom's beauty pageant to kind of protest that. And some of her friends join her. And it's a movie about what would happen if someone who's not typically associated in a beauty pageant would join one. And it's a movie about a lot of things. And I seriously recommend everyone see it. It's it's actually probably the best movie of the bunch that I've talked about so far. Um, it's got so much heart. It's about uh, it's really supportive of just kind of what it is to be a woman. And it supports a lot of different perspectives on, you know, supporting women and women supporting women. And it's also about um, just how society views us. And it's it's really progressive in a lot of ways. But but be, sort of beyond all that, it's actually a really sweet, heartfelt, funny movie and it's solid it's really solid net ah, such a great pickup for netflix and it's it's just a, a really fun movie my wife and i saw it on netflix and we watched it immediately and we both loved it, it it's fantastic um i also was talking to travis sort of um you know we sort of have little breaks between episodes we record kind of a, a whole batch at once and i talked about how i wanted to watch infinity war again and i kind of watched black panther uh, instead of that, because I don't want to watch Infinity War too many times, and I had fun with that. Black Panther is a really fun movie. Um, I, I, I so love the actors in that, and the stories are really great. Can't wait to see more follow-ups to that um, particular franchise. Black Panther 2, can't wait for it. So um, so I'm continuing on with Mystery Science Theater 3000 Season 12, and I'm taking it slow because I don't want to watch them all at once and I'm kind of savoring it. I like to savor things, you know. So the next uh, episode that I watched is Lords of the Deep. <laughs> okay. All right. So Lords of the Deep 
is imagine a movie where they think they could like they kind of wanted to make a movie very similar to The Abyss in the 90s. Where the outfits of the people in the in the sort of like submersible science area that they're at are like. 90s era hip hop jumper outfits. So it's the movie's so weird. It's just you have to see it. It's so crazy. Those outfits look like they're made with puff paint. It's so odd. But <laughs> um it's like an alien movie, but the aliens look ridiculous. They look like eel babies. Muppet babies meets an eel or something. It's so strange. And I don't even understand the what Lords of the Deep is. Like, I think that means the aliens, but I'm not even sure. It's not even clear what, why the movie is titled Lords of the Deep. It's a great Mystery Science Theater 3000 episode, and it's just an equally puzzling movie. It's this this season. They're just they're batting so high when you know, their average is great since it's six episodes. Just the quality is impeccable. And Patton Oswalt and Felicia Day are great as the Mads. So I posted this on Cheerful Ghost. Um, this is a new documentary by no clip called unforeseen consequences, a half-life documentary guys. This is a must watch for anyone who likes or loves half-life. Just watch it. It's, it's two hours. I know it's a lot of time. Just you were going to watch a movie on your own. Anyways, you just should watch this instead. It's so good. No clip is killing it with video game documentaries that are free, that are free. It's so good. Um, it's it's Jeff. It, it's a lot of people that were involved in the Half-Life um, game in some way. You've got Jeff Keeley, who was uh, a video game journalist, uh, a student for journalism, actually, when he flew up and covered Half-Life um, as they were wrapping it up for, uh, I believe, GameSpot. And he talks about his um, involvement with Half-Life and the company and early Valve years. And then they talk to... Um, the owner of Gearbox, uh, Randy Pitchford, and I did not know this, but apparently Gearbox cut its teeth making all the Half-Life follow-ups like Blue Shift yeah. and that kind of thing. And apparently they made a ton of Half-Life sequels on the PlayStation 2 and all this kind of thing. And Randy talking about, you know, how they sort of split off from they split from Valve and how that went. And it wasn't very good from their perspective. And I just it's so good. And it's just a love letter to half-life two and they talk about episode three and if we're ever going to get one and i don't know just you need to watch it it's so good it, it kind of helped me like i was always kind of at that point where i'm like okay i'm, I'm sort of making my peace with half-life three never existing you know what i mean i'm making my peace with that this documentary helped me say goodbye to half-life episode three you know That's so depressing john <laughs> it's kind of that kind of documentary though but it's good it's really good, but it helped me say goodbye. It was like a funeral for it, I thought. But it was good. It was heartfelt and beautiful and sad at the same time. But yeah, in fact, it was it, it, it sort of moved me, the documentary, so much that I actually read Epistle 3 right after it. And Epistle 3 is so good. In fact, I like that so much. We actually did an episode where I read the whole thing. Not very well, but I did. And Epistle 3 is so good. That's Mark Laidlaw, the, the writer of Half-Life and Half-Life 2, coming back and finishing it up on his own. And they talk about that in the documentary a little bit. So finally, uh, the final thing I watched was uh, The Predator, which is the new Predator movie by Shane Black, the director of such hit films as The Nice Guys and Iron Man 3, which apparently no one's seen or remembers, which you should because it's really good. And uh, The Predator got terrible. And I mean, the worst kind of reviews you could ever get for a movie. <laughs> and I love The Predator movies. So it was very sad for me to hear that. So I didn't see it in the theater. I didn't rent it or anything like that because I was like, okay, this is probably going to be really bad. So then I finally saw it. Um, I think this is a movie where I came into it with such low expectations when I watched it. I was like, this, I I don't get why people hate this. This is fine. It's a fine movie. Um, I guess there's not much more to say about it except that it's real. It's fine. It's not bad. And I, and I think it's a, you know, pretty good addition to the Predator franchise. So I don't know. Have you guys seen this movie? The Predator? I have not. I have not. Yeah. Okay. Well, if if you if you have it, then uh, I recommend watching it. Or if you know, but if you don't like the Predator movies and that sort of thing's not really interesting to you, then I wouldn't. I wouldn't see it. But uh, yeah, I mean, there is some editing and this kind of thing that that I don't quite think lands, and I can kind of see why they did so many reshoots for the film and that kind of thing. But I liked it. I thought it was really good, and that wraps it up for what I've been playing and watching. 
All right, Travis, what have you been playing and watching? Well, almost all of my free time since the last time we recorded has been taken up by Fallout 76. And I like this game a lot more than I expected to. I feel like I like it more than I even should. And I would say it's the best game that I've ever played that I would also say I don't recommend you buy it. (laughs) It's so weird right now. Like, they're just bugs all over the place. Some really bad, um, I don't know, balancing, I guess. It's, it's just not quite balanced properly. Uh, so many kind of glaring issues that I'm surprised nobody mentioned when they were developing this, but still, there's so much fun under there. I've probably put in over 100 hours at this point, and I really enjoy every single bit of it. Aside from the the glaring issues, I, I'm really hoping that they put some polish on this and soon. I think there's a, a pretty solid fan base playing it still and who are continuing to support it. But it seems like every patch they come out with something major breaks and they've got to repatch it and repatch it. And they really need some better QA on these patches. And again, like I said, soon, I'm, I'm worried that they'll start losing goodwill pretty quickly if they don't. But yeah, I uh, hold up. One sec. Sure. They've lost a ton of goodwill oh, yeah, already. Yeah, what yeah. are you talking about? You need more no, goodwill? Yeah, yeah, like from the people who are still playing. Okay. It. Yeah. Okay, because Bethesda has pretty much a not perfect, but like amazing gamer reputation in Fallout mm-hmm. 76. Like the fact that like I am so surprised that because the, the, the gaming prevailing gamer narrative is that this game is basically an affront to everything that's good in the universe. And and the thing that I love about what you're saying about this game is you're just saying, no, it's just it's a really good game, just really imperfect. And it's going to get better. I mean, that's what I'm hearing you say. But if you Basically. like look at the gamer reaction, it's that like Todd Howard should die. Well, and you've got the the culture of like hate. I mean, I don't think Todd Howard and, should die. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know. yeah. But I mean, YouTube bitching about things gets you way more views and way more clicks and way more ad money. And I think that's a yes, lot it of does. it. And you hear like, people complaining about this who obviously haven't even played the game just because it's the cool thing to hate on. I'm not saying that the criticism isn't warranted. There's a lot of criticism that is very warranted, but there's a lot of, I mean, a lot of it comes down to it's a game people really didn't want and people would have preferred a normal entry into the fallout series. But I mean, if you just take it at what it is, it's a pretty good game under all the crap they need to fix. And which so it's kind of good and bad in that way. But yeah, I want to stick with it. I, I think I'm pretty much done for a while. I'm waiting for them to add some more content. They're they're adding some more like end game dungeons and stuff with vaults that you can open up. But yeah, I, I I'll stick with it for now. Um Aside from that, haven't been playing much, but I did, as we mentioned before, I got that uh, that PSVR bundle and put a couple of days into that before getting back to Fallout 76. And yeah, like I said, it's it's so great. It's a great entry into VR, and it just feels like, like you said, John, it feels like the same kind of feeling of playing a video game for the first time because it's so different. Um, as for watching, though... Um, the marvelous Mrs. Maisel season two came out and we're one episode away from getting finished with that. We watched season two, episode nine, just a couple hours ago. And I really didn't think they could top season one, but they really have. It's, it's, a, it's so funny. And the actors all turn in just astounding performances. Really Tony Shalhoub. I think he was nominated for, supporting actor last year for an Emmy. He needs to win it this year. He really needs to win it this year. He is so great. And we watched Spider-Man into the spider verse last night. And I was kind of surprised to see an animated superhero movie with the reviews that this thing got. It is got, has gotten such good reviews and they are well warranted. When I watched Spider-Man homecoming, I was thinking, you know, this is the best portrayal of Peter Parker I've ever seen. And it's probably the best Spider-Man story I've seen on screen. And then, um, 
the Spider-Man PS4 game changed my mind about the Peter Parker portrayal and Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse changed my mind about the storyline for Spider-Man. Like it really outdoes the live action that Marvel's got right now. It's so good. I, if you haven't seen it, you need to go see it now. It is inventive and the art style is really beautiful and it's a little bit jarring. I will admit for the first few minutes, because a lot of the, I I guess the minute details are animated at a slower frame rate. I guess the hand animated stuff is slower frame rate than the rest of it. So that's kind of odd. I have the same kind of problem with Castlevania as well, but um, yeah, it's uh hilarious and amazing and you need to see it john ham not not john ham uh john mulaney as spider ham was freaking hilarious and nick cage as spider-man noir was surprisingly funny i had no idea that he was going to take that in a funny direction but he was one of my favorite parts of it but yeah that's about it for me all right so my uh my playing and watching here is it <clears throat> won't take me long to get through it because I haven't been playing and watching a whole lot. Uh, we've been pretty busy over here. As far as gaming goes, uh, I'm still, you know, involved in a D&D group. Uh, I've been playing Divinity with a friend whenever we get the chance, which hasn't been a lot. And uh, then continuing to play Stardew Valley with my wife. I think I mentioned the last time that I may have created a monster when I finally got her to play it. And... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so pretty much every night she's been home and we don't have other plans or anything else. Uh, we've been logging in at least a couple days in uh, Stardew Valley here. As for what I've been watching, uh, I watched uh, The Mummy, the, the Tom Cruise Mummy reboot that was so bad it killed the Dark Universe extended uh, you know, movie universe there. And probably for the best this was now i will say that it was not as bad as i was kind of expecting i went in with super low expectations but that said it was still pretty bad i can definitely see why after this movie they decided to just go ahead and scrap the whole uh monster universe that they had you know obviously decided they wanted to try and and get going here yeah (laughs) it's pretty bad when your movie is called the mummy and it feels like your monster is not a main character in here they really underutilized the actress that they they got to play the mummy they sidelined her for a you know extended portion of it and it just it was all over the place it the storyline was just eh. the acting kind of sucked it yeah i i just don't know what they were really trying to do with this movie. Uh, I've also been uh, watching Iron Man season two, which has been, you know, much improved over season one. But where uh, can I watch the Iron Man TV show? I'm just curious. You said Iron Man season two. Oh, I'm so sorry. Iron Fist. Iron <laughs> Fist. Oh, season too bad because I'm like Iron Man show. I'm in where? Yeah, I was where? wondering like an animated show or what? That sounds awesome. Oh, shoot. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. <laughs> Okay, so I've been watching the Iron Fist season two, and I got to say it's you know much improved over season one, much. But you know, and I haven't finished it yet, but I can't say that I'm real heartbroken that it got canceled <laughs> and that there won't be any more. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Maybe maybe it is a bit of a shame because it has markedly improved, but I'm also not really disappointed that I won't spend much more time with, uh, with Danny Rand. I will tell you that when you get to the end of it, you're going to want more because of the way they leave it, which is unfortunate. I really wish they'd given it more closure since they're killing it. Yeah. I would be totally cool if they had a, like a spinoff with the side characters, (laughs) especially, uh, Misty and, um, um, Oh my gosh. I'm, yeah, I was yeah. Colleen. I was totally blinking on her name. If those two got their own show, like that, I would be on board for that. And the thing is, that fits because they've got the comic Daughters of the Dragon, which was Misty and Colleen. So they've they have reason to do that if they wanted to. Yeah, I'd be on board with that far more than an Iron Fist season three. Didn't and Netflix uh, cancel all of their Marvel shows though? So effectively? far. Like, yeah, they still so far they've canceled 
uh, Luke Cage, Iron Fist, and Daredevil. And they have not officially canceled uh, the other shows, but it's expected that they will. Yeah, the other. Why did they cancel two, Daredevil? Wasn't that hugely popular? I imagine Disney is pulling stuff, like saying, you know, "We don't want to do this because we've got our own streaming service coming out." Yeah, maybe. I thought they had like rights to this. I don't know. It just seems weird. I guess, but yeah. who knows? Yeah, it would be my guess that Disney is flexing its muscle and they want those characters back so that they well, use they, them on their uh, streaming service. Well, they might have been buying them back or Millar World. Maybe Net- I think Netflix wants to double down on that because they bought Millar World. Did they did they buy the guy that? Yeah, they bought some comic book thing. And I think they're maybe they want to double down on their own content. I don't know. Yeah. Anyways. Yeah. So other than that, the only thing of note I've been watching is uh, uh, finished up the latest season of Doctor Who. And uh, Travis, I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on it. I would I would love to uh, to sit down and have a conversation with you about yeah. the, the new Doctor Who season. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> forget to talk about ongoing things for these because, you know, I'm watching them every week. I don't think about them for the episodes we record. But yeah, I thought that this season was pretty good. Like the the writing was a little uneven, but Jodie Whittaker just freaking nailed it. And I love the companions in the season as well. Yeah. Um, my wife and I were talking it over and we really, really like the characters. Jodie Whittaker is great. The companions are great. The storylines they've been giving them, we felt was a little weak. This is not the worst we've seen out of a, you know, Doctor Who season. Oh, no, no. And yeah, but it's it hasn't been one of the best either. It's just been kind of in the middle as far as like storylines go. But the characters are great and I'm really looking forward to next season. Totally. Hey there, this is Travis from Truthful Ghost Radio, and thanks for listening to the show. If you like what we're doing here and want to help support us, I encourage you to head over to Cheerful Ghost and click the little heart at the top of the page. You can help us fund the important work of this podcast and Cheerful Ghost by supporting us on Patreon, which is a site for funding the things you love. If you fund us at a member level, you get awesome benefits, so head over to CheerfulGhost.com, find what funding level works for you, and support Cheerful Ghost on Patreon today. day of Christmas, Blizzard gave to me a brand new SCV. On the second day of Christmas, Blizzard gave to me two Terran Wraiths and a brand new SCV. On the third day of Christmas, Blizzard gave to me... So in video game news, Blizzard recently effectively stopped development on Heroes of the Storm, and had an unfortunate BlizzCon with Diablo Immortal. I'm going to go ahead and read a little bit of the Heroes of the Storm announcement here. Over the past several years, the work of evaluating our development process and making hard decisions has led to new games and other products that we're proud of. We now have more live games and unannounced projects than at any point in the company's history. We're also at a point where we need to take some of our talented developers and bring their skills to other projects. As a result, we've made the difficult decision to shift some developers from Heroes of the Storm to other teams, and we're excited to see the passion, knowledge, and experience they'll bring to those projects. This isn't the first time we've had to make tough choices like this. Games like Diablo II, World of Warcraft, StarCraft II, Overwatch, and more would not exist had we not made similar decisions in the past. Despite the change, Heroes of the Storm remains our love letter to Blizzard's worlds and characters, We'll continue actively supporting the game with new heroes, themed events, and other content that our community loves. Though the cadence will change, ultimately, we're uh, we're setting up the game for long-term sustainability. We're so grateful for the support the community has shown from the beginning, and the development team will continue to support heroes with the same passion, dedication, and creativity that has made the game such a unique experience. So, as we were uh, preparing for this episode, kind of dawned on me that I have not actually been following Blizzard very closely for quite some time. Uh, 
World of Warcraft, or I'm sorry, not World of Warcraft, Warcraft 3 was the last Blizzard game that I really spent a lot of time with. Um, but I know you guys are far more, you know, you much bigger Blizzard fans uh, more recently than, than I have been, you know. So I'm curious to hear what you guys thought. Let's, uh, let's start up with Diablo. So at BlizzCon, they had a pretty disastrous announcement when they, you know, presented the Diablo mobile game. Uh, gentlemen, what do you what do you have to say about that one? Oh. <laughs> Honestly, I think that was a communication problem more than anything, because they amped this thing up as a major Diablo announcement. And I think if they had said, you know, we don't have anything major for Diablo, but we've got a little thing to show you, then none of this would have been a big problem. I mean, I don't think a lot of people care about this Diablo game on phones, Diablo Immortal, but if people were expecting something huge and then they got that, I think that they're probably working on some pretty big Diablo projects and they've said as much and this taking people off of Heroes of the Storm might be part of that. We might be getting a major Diablo project because of it, but yeah, I think that was just a boneheaded decision in marketing more than anything. Yeah, I think if they had just come out and been like, you know, we have no uh, no announcements on expansions for Diablo 3 or, you know, anything for Diablo 4. However, in the meantime, we've got, you know, a Diablo mobile game to kind of tide everybody over. I think it would have gone a lot, lot better. <laughs> John, what do you think? BlizzCon contains some of the most hardcore PC blizzard fans ever and blizzard's fan base is pretty hardcore so if you're gonna go to blizzcon and you don't live in california you're gonna buy a plane ticket at a hotel and you're gonna go down there and you're gonna cosplay and you're gonna play you know overwatch you're gonna play diablo 3 you're gonna play warcraft 3 you're gonna play starcraft 2 whatever so you're a hardcore for the most part pc gamer that's their audience they know that they know who their audience is. So if the really big news out of a out of a BlizzCon is for a phone game, I don't I don't quite understand what they like that they thought that was going to be a huge success. Let's let's right. contrast this with with what Bethesda did a couple years ago, right? They said, hey, you know, we've got Fallout 3 and it's a four and it's coming out like this year or next year or something like six months or something. I was at E3, right? And they're like, oh, and by the way, one more thing. They did this like Steve Jobs moment. We're going to come out with Fallout Shelter right now. It's this little thing. It's this little, little thing that we've been working on or whatever. You know, you should play it. And it was huge. It was huge. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and by the way, it's out right now, by the way. <laughs> and they focused on PC games. They focused on what their audience loved. And everyone loved it. And they downloaded it and became the biggest Bethesda game ever. Fallout Shelter, by the way. In terms of downloads, it's like hundreds of millions, okay? Like 300 million, I think. So I'm not I'm not saying that people should react in the way that they did or whatnot, but like those 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 and then people are saying things like entitled gamer. I don't know, man. If I spent a thousand dollars to go to BlizzCon and the big thing they were trying to sell me was a mobile game, I don't know. Maybe I think I got ripped off too. Maybe, I don't know. All I'm saying, look, I love Blizzard. I love them, okay? The only Blizzard games I really haven't played a lot of are Overwatch and World of Warcraft. I mean, I'll probably play Overwatch someday. World of Warcraft's just not my jam. I'm not really into MMOs too much, you know. So I don't know. I don't know. I thought the biggest news out of uh, out of BlizzCon was for Warcraft 3 Remastered because I loved Warcraft 3. Loved it. Love it. So I'm not, you know, I think people need to simmer down a bit. But I kind of understand why they were upset about this one. Blizzard is changing. There's no question about it. None. Okay. So the question is, is like, are we still going to get new stuff that we love? And my my answer is, yeah, I think that we are. It's just, it's not hitting people. This change is not sitting well with a lot of gamers. And I understand that. I totally get it. Um, a lot of people in gaming in general are kind of lamenting. And there's this sort of community thought that gaming is moving away from single player experiences and to multiplayer transactions, microtransactions, loot boxes, and the eventual like decimation of our wallets. You know what I mean? And never going to stop paying for games and this kind of thing. I understand that feeling. 
you know, we don't want it. Like no one wants to feel like they're a money tree. You know what I mean? No, everyone wants to still have these fun game experiences that we've had. But the world is changing. You know, more people play on their phones than anything, you know. So and the switch is huge. It's huge because you can play it anywhere. Right. So PC gaming is going to continue to exist. Right. I mean, in this last generation, the generation before PC gaming was dead. Obviously, console gaming was going to kill it. Clearly, that didn't happen. Right. And I think a lot of people are afraid that PC gaming might go away. And I I don't think that it will. I think it's always going to be strong. You know what I mean? But it's not clear that, you know, what's going to happen from these game companies that we love and how, you know, what they're going to make. That's so cool, right? Even take another company. But it's very similar, actually, Valve, right? They they made really fun games that we all like playing. Some of the best single-player experiences I've had. And are they ever going to make a single-player game again? (laughs) I don't know. And maybe people are afraid that Blizzard's going to sort of turn out like that maybe i don't know i i'm just like and i'm not saying valve's a bad company we all love steam i guess but i don't know i sympathize with gamers yeah i thought back to that artifact reveal when they were when the news about the terrible reaction diablo immortal got and i remember when valve revealed artifact like hey guys we're working on a new game and artifact and then you just hear the whole crowd like, ah, oh. oh. <laughs> collective awe. Yes. Not even booze. Just like, what? Yeah. Oh, like, we're man. not even mad. We're just disappointed, Valve. <laughs> <laughs> it was sad. Yeah, it really was. But it makes sense for Valve to do it because they're like, they're realistically in the world of gaming right now. And that's what gets the most players. You know what I mean? That's just the kind of game they want to make, right? They're yeah. numbers driven. That's it. That gets the biggest audiences. Okay. And I imagine you know. Blizzard looked at their Hearthstone numbers and like, hey, look at how many people are playing Hearthstone from their phones. People are playing our games on phones. Let's give them Diablo on phones. And just yes. didn't really see how that was going to play out with the announcement. Diablo Immortal is going to kill, by the way. It's going to kill on phones, right? Sure. As long as yeah. it doesn't suck. It's going to it's going to be really popular and people are like, am I going to love it? I have no idea. I'm sure it'll be fine, I guess. Like, I don't care. I would prefer to just buy Diablo 3 on Switch or whatever, but whatever. I mean, I'll play it. I'm not going to give you a, a cent for the game. P.S. By the way, I'm yeah. not buying that. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's going to kill. So. All right. So what do we think about the current state of Blizzard? Travis, do you mind if I uh, start this one? Go right ahead. So one thing that they mentioned in the announcement, uh, and as Tim was reading, I highlighted it, which shifted the text slightly. So if you were listening to him read, yeah, and yeah, you thanks, he stuttered. thanks for that, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I was like, I was like, oh shit, he just, I just really distracted him. So I'm sorry about that. Uh, that was my fault. Uh, one thing that they said, they said we now have more live games and unannounced projects at any point in the company's history. That's true. Um, they really do. The problem with that statement, though, is that Blizzard cancels games all the time. So, you know, they make I don't know what their cancel rate is, but they've talked about a lot of games to cancel Starcraft Ghost. You know, Overwatch was eventually, you know, was originally Titan and MMO and that kind of thing. So just because they have a lot of unannounced games doesn't mean we're going to see them. Now, I linked to this so you guys could read it. Uh, a post the past and present and future of Diablo according to Blizzard Insiders they're working on Diablo 4 right now they didn't have enough they wanted to show that makes a lot of sense that they didn't show it at uh BlizzCon I think them not mentioning that they were working on it is a mistake but I think Blizzard wants severability like they always have like the ability to walk away from a game if it's not working fans will not accept that in the terms of Diablo 4 if they know the Diablo game's coming and they said yeah it just didn't work we didn't really feel it. We're going to come back at it later. We're not going to make it right now. I don't know. That would probably be a worse reaction than Diablo Mortal, I think. So I kind of maybe understand why they didn't do it. But um, Blizzard does have a lot of games. and They do support them for a long time. So I think that the current state of Blizzard is it's trying to figure out. I think it's 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 a perception problem. Kind of like what I mentioned before. Fans aren't sure what to expect of Blizzard. Right. They know that Overwatch is huge and they're going to continue to support that. As far as I'm concerned, from a longtime Hearthstone fan, like that game seems to be less interesting now. Um, you know, that game seems to be dipping a bit. I have clearly no idea. I'm not, you know, privy to those numbers and that sort of thing. So, and then World of Warcraft, it's kind of, you know, been out a long time. So, if you think about the three games that are now at the crown of Blizzard, it's Hearthstone, 
Overwatch and World of Warcraft. Um, all the other games, you know, um, to their credit, they support them very long um, after they've come out and stuff. Like they have the servers up for Diablo uh, for Warcraft Two Battle.net Edition start still, which is great. So I don't know. I mean, I think it's unknown exactly what we're going to get from them. And I think fans are kind of nervous. Some one of my friends said they maybe he wonders if Blizzard's in decline. I don't know, but I'm definitely curious what the future is going to bring. Travis, what do you think? Yeah, I don't know if I would say I don't think we have enough information yet to say if it's in decline, because we only know for sure about the games that Blizzard has right now. And I think we're just going to, need to kind of wait and see. I think that it could just be a matter of Blizzard trying to branch out to different areas and not really, I guess, having a, more of a problem again with the marketing of it than anything else and trying to reassure the more typical Blizzard fans that they still hear you and see you, you know, but I'm hoping that that Blizzard insider source is correct and we do get a Diablo four and I would love to see a Diablo two remaster to go along with the Warcraft three remaster. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of just curious and waiting at this point. I'm not about to start lamenting the downfall of Blizzard just yet, but you know, I also don't want to just give them a pass on bad choices either. So we'll see. Yeah, I don't think Blizzard is going anywhere anytime soon. guys why don't you come on inside away from the blizzard now and let's get into some holiday talk um so to start off with our uh, our you know i just want to say that was an incredible transition that was, that <laughs> was so ever i loved it i loved it <laughs> thank you um, thank you hat tip my friend that was an amazing <laughs> christmas present come in from the blizzard grab yourself a thing of eggnog and let's get into our holiday discussion all right, guys, let's talk about some uh, favorite holiday games here. And I got to say, I was stretching a bit to come up with some holiday games because I could barely find any games that are, you know, would actually be classified as a holiday game that weren't like branded off of a, you know, Christmas movie or like Home Alone or something. But uh, I'm curious to see what you guys uh, picked out. Travis, let's start with you. Yeah, I don't really have a strong connection with this time of year and video games at all, but Batman Arkham Origins actually takes place on Christmas Day, if I recall correctly. It's at least during the Christmas season, and like the music even has a Christmas theme to it, and I think I bought it during a Christmas sale and played it for the first time on Christmas Day. So that one probably sticks out the most for me, but you know, so occasionally I like to celebrate the birth of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ by playing Bible adventures on the NES. <laughs> I love how Travis says that because he's one of the biggest atheists I know. <laughs> it's um, it's it's not a, an amazing game. It's it's more funny than it is fun, but there's still some fun parts of it. It's it's kind of been memed to death at this point, but yeah, you should check it out if you've got an NES. Did not see that one coming. Um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so so for the arkham game uh if die hard you know is considered a christmas movie and it is then i think your yep. uh your arkham can you know pick can make the list here john what about you this is a game i've talked about before because i think whenever we do a holiday show i talk about sort of like holiday themes you know themed games or whatever and i'm gonna talk about one i've talked about before so warcraft 3 so I got Warcraft 3 on Christmas, a very special Christmas. I think this was the first year I was even hitched. I was even married and it was given to me. It was a special collector's edition of Warcraft 3. It had like 
one, you know, one disc for the game, the install disc and then the play disc. And then it had a DVD that had all of the Blizzard trailers up to that point. And you remember, like Blizzard trailers were already pretty epic. And at that point, we didn't get anything, you know, nothing like that. in gaming was out there. People that make trailers like that. And this was really cool. And then it had a really great collection. It even had the original Diablo uh, in it. Um, I think, yeah, no, it did. It had the original Diablo in it. Strangely enough, strangely enough. And, um, it's just kind of like a special pack extra. And that game was so fun. And I played that just all day on Christmas. It was so great. I love that game. Just, just, it reminds me of the holidays and I played that through the rest of the holidays. So every time I play Warcraft three, it reminds me just cause I played it so much that holiday and that Christmas day of the holidays. And I'd be playing it right now if the remastered version wasn't out already it wasn't coming out next year because i kind of want to save the the feeling to come back in with an updated graphic set a new story and it's not even a new story it's just that what they've done in this is they've like replaced some boss battles for instance there's like in some boss battles you're just fighting a golem like a rock golem well they've increased they've like tied it into Warcraft World of Warcraft lore and more into the Warcraft universe lore. So they'll just make it instead of a nondescript stone golem, it'll be actually like, uh, you know, Lothar the hammer golem or something. You know what I mean? Just from World of Warcraft, just to kind of increase that. So they're doing that kind of thing, which I think is really, really neat. Uh, so it's going to be a little bit of a different game. So I'm, I'm really excited about that. But that's the one that makes me think of the holidays the most. Um, I remember... I believe on Twitter, I read a tweet by Mike Matei from the Angry Video Game Nerd, where he's basically says, you know, there really isn't a quintessential video game holiday, like Christmas video game. And that's kind of sad. And I kind of agree with him. But for me, it's just the video games that I played around the holidays and sort of make me think about it every time I play them. And that is Warcraft 3 <laughs> Reign of Chaos. All right, so. When I was trying to put together my list here, uh, I noticed that you just said holiday games. You didn't specify Christmas games. I did not. So at the very top of my list is Costume Quest, the greatest Halloween game ever made. Let's see here. And then, like like I said, I was stretching a bit to uh, even have a list and not just that one entry. So uh, for number two here, I've got uh, Terraria. And it's because they have special events themed around Halloween and Christmas. Yes. And, you know, even some events that only show up around Halloween and Christmas. Santa tank fight is cool. Yeah. And the, or the, uh, where you can get attacked by snowmen. Yep. Yeah. So Terraria is on my list here. Uh, I also included Secret of Mana because Santa is in it. So it counts. (laughs) Oh my God. That's right. You go to the North pole, you fight ice 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 country and you run into Rudolph. Who then points you in the direction to go save Santa, who was trying to build or trying to grow a giant Christmas tree using one of the mana seeds. Yes. Yes. Evil Santa, man. Don't do that. (laughs) Yeah. I want to play that game right um, now. Jesus. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. And then I'm going to give a hat tip to Kingdom Hearts 2 here for Halloween Town. Uh, you get to go visit the Halloween Town and North Pole from Nightmare Before Christmas. And that That's a, a really fun stage. Probably my favorite from that one. All right, so let's uh, talk about some holiday films. John, what's your favorite holiday films? All right, so I'm not going favorite holiday films. I'm changing it slightly. I'm going favorite holiday film sequels. So the sequels to some of my favorite holiday films. And I still think these movies are pretty darn good. Okay, so first up on the list is Home Alone 2. I'm sorry, people. I think Home Alone 2 is good. Okay, I really do. Um, He's lost in New York. It's a little different. Uh, It's basically just the first movie again in New York. Yeah, Um, I think that there is. okay. the worst part of the movie is it's got Donald Trump in it. Sorry, Uh, it does. (laughs) But you remember back then he was just some, you know, like 
weirdo some dude rich yeah. guy yeah you know he was it was okay i didn't you know uh it, the context has shifted a little bit over time with him um and one thing that's really cool recently was macaulay culkin the star of home alone and home alone 2 uh as well as a myriad of other uh really interesting films uh is uh got a new website bunnyears.com and he's been guesting on a lot of really cool internet shows that i watch uh, for instance, Red Letter Media, he was on uh, a review episode of Hackers, and then he was on Best of the Worst, and they actually, in Best of the Worst, one of the movies they reviewed was Home Alone 4. And so having them, like, review and talk about Home Alone 4 with Macaulay Culkin was great. And then Angry Video Game Nerd had him on for an episode where they reviewed all the Home Alone games together, which was so fun. It's so fun. He he's, has such a good... Uh, he's, he's a really good sport about it. And I'm going to post on Cheerful Ghost, um, Macaulay Culkin, the Angry Video Game Nerd uh, episode, and then kind of links to all the other places I've seen him because he's been all over the web sort of advertising bunny ears and just showing up and guesting and stuff. So that's really, really neat. So Home Alone 2, really fun. Um, you know, he throws bricks at the the, the robbers' faces. And uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, it's pretty good. Uh, also, um, and this is this is kind of it seems like the Internet does these discussions every year, right? Like the discussion of pumpkin spice lattes. You remember like every year the discussion would be like brought, brought back on Facebook and Twitter. Like, is this legit or is this stupid? It's like, who cares? It's pumpkin spice latte. You know what I mean? Now everything's pumpkin spice. So it seems like such an old debate. Another debate that keeps coming up around every holiday is, is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes, it is. Yeah, it is, people. It really is. I don't know why this is a debate anymore. It still is. It seems like a faux debate to me. I don't know, guys. Like, do you, is there even a question in your minds if this is a Christmas movie? I don't. All right, I'm, I'll just I'll just weigh in super quick. Pumpkin spice, overrated, but still great. <laughs> Die Hard, definitely a Christmas movie. I'm not sure I disagree with any of that, Travis. Yeah, I'd say pumpkin spice is a foul. At best, I've never liked anything related to pumpkin spice except for pumpkin pie itself. But Die Hard behind is me, Satan, a Christmas movie. <laughs> totally. And so I don't get where the where, I mean, it's got like Christmas songs in it. I like mm-hmm. I have a machine gun. Ho, ho, ho. Like, come on, people. Of course. Like, it's it's only a debate by people who have never seen it, I guess. Or just like, I, I guess don't know. Just like people might think that movies have to be about Christmas in order to be a Christmas movie. I don't know. But I, I definitely think it is. Christmas is so integral to the plot of Die Hard. It's like they're at a Christmas party in Nakatomi Tower. He's coming home for the holidays. They're a split up couple. Like it's it's integral into the movie's DNA. It's got movie music in there. It's I like I don't know. A hundred percent is so. Um, Die Hard Two was the movie I want to talk about. Um, So Die Hard Two gets a lot of negativity. I'm going to make a pitch that Die Hard 2 is actually a pretty good movie. It's weirder than the first movie. In the first scene, you have the bad guy, like, naked, doing, like, Pilates or some yoga or what? It's so weird, okay? It's the same film in an airport, and that's not better. It's not better. Like, it's so much better in a tower. But the second movie, is it tries to do the Christmas thing again or the holidays thing again. I would say it's really good. If you want to kind of watch a a holiday film but you've watched Die Hard a lot. I recommend Die Hard too. It's not bad. It's really weird though, so you know, you're going to you're going to get that. And then finally, this isn't a sequel or anything, but it's just a really cool holiday movie that I think is getting a little bit more attention, Jingle All the Way. Okay, so Arnold Schwarzenegger plus Anakin Skywalker. How can you go wrong, really? You've got young Anakin um, and it's a really fun movie. It's got Sinbad in it. They're trying to get the toy that everyone wants that year. And it's basically just two guys like, you know, trying to get a toy and, and all that kind of thing. And it's so fun. It's fun to see um, Jake Lloyd in a movie. You know, this is back in the Jake Lloyd essence where, you know, he's in a lot of films, uh, including Phantom Menace. So uh, it's great. It's just such a fun, weird Christmas holiday film. So jingle all the way. Yeah, for mine are a little bit weird. I was going to say Die Hard, naturally. Um, the other one that's very typically a Christmas movie is Love Actually. It's uh, probably the only romantic comedy that I enjoy personally, and Katie and I watch that every year on, on Christmas. 
Um, but very much not Christmas movies or holiday movies at all. District nine and Inglorious bastards. So those please both came explain. out. Explain. Uh, yes. Those <laughs> yes. Both, please both, do. <laughs> <laughs> those, I'm so in though. I'm so yeah, in on that. Those both came out in August of 2009 and we watched them the same day in, at the theater. Like we went to one, then we went to eat, then we came back and watched the other one. And then the Blu-rays for those came out in December of that year and we bought them. And the first time we watched them was on Christmas. So now every year we watch those movies. It's kind of become part of our tradition. That's incredible. Inglorious Bastards, I could kind of see as a Christmas movie. Um, District 9, I would never have thought about, but that's <laughs> yeah. awesome. Every, so yeah, I every can't Christmas- say that would have uh, been one of my top picks. <laughs> no. No. So every mo- every Christmas you guys watch Inglorious Bastards, District 9 and Love Actually and and if so, what's the order? Um <laughs> not necessarily on Christmas Day, but at least like oh. Christmas Eve, Christmas Day somewhere in there. Um and we don't really have a set order, just whichever one we're in the mood for, really. Okay, cuz I was thinking, I'm like, geez, over time Travis, you guys aren't going to have any time for Christmas Day. So careful. <laughs> and one thing that I was like was thinking about where do I put this in my playing and watching or do I put this down here? We watched a movie this year that I don't recommend <laughs> called a Christmas Prince on Netflix because this, uh, we, my wife and I are both NPR junkies and we heard them talking about this Netflix movie, a Christmas Prince. And I can only imagine that they pitched this movie to Hallmark and Hallmark's like, yeah, no, no thanks. So they took it to Netflix and Netflix picked it up. Like it kind of became a little bit of a meme where it was so bad. It's good, but I didn't really think so. It was just kind of boring, but the premise of it is um, this reporter is going to cover the story of a, prince in some made up country that's kind of looks like England, but it's got some weird name. And of course she ends up falling in love with him and causing all kinds of trouble. And it's, it's like the most stereotypically hallmark thing ever, except worse. So yeah, if you're, if you're, um, like to have a couple glasses of wine on Christmas day, maybe watch that and make fun of it. Okay. So I, I, I hate to be that guy, but I'm going to come out a little bit in support of a Christmas prince. One thing so as someone who actually is around family sometimes and they watch the junk out of Hallmark Christmas movies, A Christmas Prince <laughs> is way better than those films. Just only the, the only reason I'm telling you this is because I'm not going to say what family, but I hang out with some family and they record like all those Hallmark movies. And I can tell you it is better than those. OK. <laughs> and secondly, because <laughs> they're OK. Secondly, A Christmas Prince isn't like everything you said about it is true. OK. Um I just it's it's sweet, you know, like I think that those kind of Christmas movies are, you know, there's there's, there's that kind of like they're not supposed to be good. They're just kind of supposed to be like Christmas fan fiction, I think. Yeah, you know what I mean? And I think I think there's room for that kind of stuff that's like it's not good. It's not supposed to be really good, but it's just kind of like that aw kind of Christmas thing. And they did a Christmas Prince 2 and that's on Netflix now. Yeah. And I can't wait. My wife and I are going to watch it. I'm like, we have to see it together because we both saw Christmas <laughs> Prince together. And again, I don't want to make any qualms. I don't think they're great, but I'm just excited because they're dumb and I like bad movies and that kind of thing, too. So that I think that helps. But yeah, I just, just give, give give I'm trying to give Christmas Prince like five more cents. You know what I mean? Like. It's all right. It's all right. All right. So I put three movies on my my list here because I was assuming you guys would probably uh, bring up Die Hard and we'd cover that one already. So um, there's been a couple different versions of A Christmas Carol put together, you know, over the years. But my absolute favorite is still The Muppets Christmas Carol. Hell yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I anything love... involving the Muppets is going to be better than the original, you know? They're great. Right. Yeah, I, I love the Muppets, and that is my favorite version of the Christmas Carol. Um, naturally, Nightmare Before Christmas is on my list. I mean, it's my two favorite holidays mashed up into one. Yeah. Uh, my family, we tend to kind of leave our Halloween decorations up until pretty close to Thanksgiving. And we always pretty much put this movie on as we're taking down all the Halloween stuff and putting up all the Christmas stuff. So it's it's That's perfect. perfect. That's yeah, great. it's so perfect. 
And then um, a, a recent Christmas tradition that I've started up with my wife is uh, watching the movie Krampus. So I, I think I may have mentioned this in previous episodes, but I like horror movies, but I very seldom get to watch them because nobody else around me really likes horror movies and I don't watch a lot of them by myself. <laughs> uh, but this was one movie that she actually wanted to kind of watch. So we watched it together and it's kind of become a tradition now <laughs> that around Christmas time we watch Krampus. Cheerful Ghost Radio is brought to you by CheerfulGhost.com and our theme music is by Creo. Make sure you head over to Cheerful Ghost to let us know what you think of the show and thanks for listening.